Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. everyone and welcome back to the channel. I hope everyone who checked out my ranking of every Zelda game enjoyed the video. This week I'm going to turn it back and do a normal length video again though, so I do hope that you enjoy this just as much. Today I'm taking one of the ideas I've done in the past and giving it new life. Some of you may remember my problem with the Pokemon Company video, and while this clearly isn't a video about Pokemon, I've decided that I wanted to make a video in the same vein as that one, about Breath of the Wild's own Divine Beasts, going through some of the good things about the Divine Beasts and some of their shortcomings along with some improvements as I don't like to critique something without giving something proper constructive feedback. Otherwise it's just me ranting for 10 minutes and nobody wants that. So without further ado, let's get into some of the background of dungeons before Breath of the Wild. Final thing I'd like to note is that I do not hate the Divine Beasts at all, so don't just dislike the video instantly because I think there's a problem with the Divine Beasts. If you disagree, then put your opinion down in the comments and let's talk about it civilly. I will not claim that I've been a Zelda fan that dives into the wider Zelda lore and dungeon design and what have you for all of my life because that simply would not be true at all. It's only in the past couple of years where I've started to pick up on the intricacies of how well crafted the dungeons all the way from Link to the Past to Skyward Sword were. And to be honest, there are some amazingly crafted elements of the Divine Beasts, I cannot disagree with that whatsoever. I'm not the sort of person to just go, new is bad and leave it there. No, there would be no use to me calling myself a Zelda fan in that case. The series up and changes itself almost constantly, sometimes for the worse in my opinion and sometimes for the better. Hell, just the jump between Zelda 2 and Link to the Past were crazy for the day, and is maybe the biggest and best shift in philosophy that a Zelda game has ever really experienced, and it would go on to create the formula that we use in Zelda games for years to come. Now that Breath of the Wild has come out and the shift is arguably even bigger than that of any past Zelda game, it's more than just a shift of formula here. This is another complete shift that will no doubt change the philosophy of the Zelda team once again. I don't think that it's unnatural that a game is so amazing, yet has so many problems. Seriously, if the game didn't change as much as it did, it'd probably widely be debated for being a very average Zelda game. But it's changed so much that this discussion hasn't come up much at all. There are some very hot takes on the game online, and most of these critiques are fully operational and should be rectified. But Breath of the Wild was so unique that it's hard to not notice just how much potential future Zelda games have. This is especially true of the next game in the series, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. If they decide to keep the open world aspect that they started with in the original, then they need to swab up on some of the issues that the community has. Which brings me on to the main topic of the video, the Divine Beasts. Colossal beasts that are either birds flying in the air, guarding Tabanthra and Hebra, a lizard that crawls around Death Mountain, a series landmark, an elephant drowning the Leneru province, generating a barrage of rain that the residents of Zora's Domain have to live in, and finally a giant camel-like mechanical being stomping the sand below them, stirring up a sandstorm. While the themes of these massive beings are clear from the outside, I personally wish that there was a more easily visible visual identity for every single one of the Divine Beasts. If you've seen any critique on Breath of the Wild before, you've no doubt heard about this, but let's get into it anyway. You walk into Divine Beast Varuta, the themes around you are sort of clear. The walls are made up of Sheikatech. There's a small amount of water near you and you can control Varuta's water spout to solve a puzzle or two. That's about it. No real water themed enemies, not even so much as a single Octorog that jumps out of the water to the side of you. A small amount of variety in this area would greatly impact my enjoyment in the Divine Beast, I think. I get not using the same enemies inside of dungeons that are already in the open world outside of the dungeons, but why is there basically no enemies anywhere in the entirety of these dungeons? There's the odd Guardian Scout, but since these don't scale with the player, these are ridiculously easy to kill. 
by the second dungeon you're most likely mowing down guardian scouts for breakfast. At least by the way that I played the game, I was having virtually no issues in dungeons instantly. Like I said, this wouldn't necessarily be a big problem, but with no combat in dungeons, it just makes these beasts slightly more hollow. It makes them just feel like a giant box of puzzles, which is a great lead on to my next point actually. While there have definitely been puzzles in dungeons in the Zelda series before, I will not doubt that, there have clearly been puzzles before. I'm not sure how close they've ever come to being entirely revolved around dungeons. Minimal combat, very small areas of exploration, no real themes, the divine beasts are a set, a great amazing big set but just a set and nothing more. You can't do much in this area. You can move the set around using the runes and whichever divine beast controls you're using. But as I said, overall it is just a huge set. The most exploration you'll do in most of these dungeons is done at the very beginning when you first enter. When you've entered the first divine beast, you've already covered every single one of your themes. And by the time you've got your first divine beast map and control method, you already know what you have to do for every dungeon. And my main issue with this isn't that it's done badly. In fact, if it weren't for the point I'm about to bring up, I'd even say that this game's dungeons are actually done great considering how diverse and amazing the open world is. But the old style of linear dungeon progression really would have been a nice touch here. So let me make a proposition if you will. In Breath of the Wild 2, you can keep the original dungeon format at the same time as keeping up a consistent open world. The enemies in these dungeons do not have to scale up with the player. Assuming this is the case, you can just make specifically hard enemies, and there may be a recommended order to play in dungeons, so that people don't run into problems pretty much instantly, but people can also challenge themselves if they want to. I know this would maybe take the magic away from the open format in a sense, but I really used to appreciate the item progression of past games, personally. Maybe these dungeons are all open format like Hyrule Castle at the end of Breath of the Wild, so you can grab an item from any dungeon at any time. But the catch is that these items are mostly used for traversal and a few puzzles in the open world rather than dungeons being plagued with nothing to do. No theming whatsoever. Honestly, with the theming of Breath of the Wild 2 that we've seen so far, it could easily top Majora's Mask and Breath of the Wild for being the most atmospheric worlds in the series. And as long as that atmospheric prowess continues to run through the entire game, the overworld, the dungeons and all of the other little bits rather than just the trailer, then we've got one special game on our hands. It's all well and good saying that this could be the most atmospheric Zelda in the dungeon department, but how could it achieve such a feat? Well, as we've already established, Inside of a Divine Beast was pretty much dormant of any individual identity. The music always sounded very samey, even though the tracks do change in very subtle ways. But overall, it would be hard to differentiate each beast from each other, from, apart from the fact that they have a central gimmick, I guess you could call it. They are pretty much all used in puzzles. Vanabaris's electricity-based puzzles, Varuta's water-based puzzles. The very tippy start of Varudania is technically a fire-based puzzle, though it loses this identity extremely quickly. And Valmedo's slight emphasis on flying around certain areas in the dungeon. My issues here is that apart from these puzzles that are very loosely connected, we have no semblance of a real atmosphere. Even Hyrule Castle had a very real and individual identity. You could tell that this was a real dungeon rather than just a big set as I've already said. And I don't know how the Divine Beast in particular would have a better thematic identity for each theme. But I will say that a change in music like Wind Chimes for Varmedo would have been a great change here. Tell me some ways that you think the atmosphere in these dungeons could have improved. But let's end off with my final two complaints. And they are some big ones. Mini bosses and bosses. Oh boy, these are a couple of my biggest issues with these dungeons. After finally finishing off such underwhelming dungeons, in my own personal opinion anyway, you'd think that they'd at least cap them off with ridiculously good bosses that even rival Twilight. Princess or Wind Waker for boss variation, but instead design wise they basically copied the same boss four times. 
Let me give the game due respect. The fifth Divine Beast given to the player in the Champions Ballad DLC has an amazing boss which is maybe my favourite boss fight in the series, if I'm being honest, but we're talking about the base game here, the base 4 Divine Beast, and while there is a little variation in combat, the design is truly uninspired as I'm sure you've heard many people complain about. Red hair, blue eyes, Shikatek plaguing the outside. This is the design of every single boss in the game, apart from Mukmas Koshio. Even Calamity Ganon sort of suffers from this, but honestly I can at least respect that boss since it is the source material for all of the other carbon copies. Plus the fight itself is fairly interesting. These other fights are kind of interesting. Water Blight is probably the most thematically interesting, but if it's not the first boss that you face and you're already around halfway through the game or further, then you won't really have that many issues. Thunder Blight is hard enough for sure, but I still think it's easy if you do Vanaboris last in the line of dungeons. Wind Blight and Fire Blight are both laughably easy pretty much whenever you fight them in my opinion. Honestly, the main bosses were just disappointing, and to make matters worse, outside of dungeons in the overworld, you have these amazing varied mini-bosses. The Stone Taluses, Molduga, a Guardian, Lynels, all of these, especially the Lynel, could have made for very interesting bosses. So how would I like them to improve on bosses in the sequel? While the combat for bosses was way more interesting than past Zelda games for me, I really do th just think it needs some variation in bosses along with actual theming. Ever since fighting Armagoma in Twilight Princess, I've always wanted to fight a giant spider in a Zelda game, but without any of the gimmicky fight elements, just a straight up brawl. I liked the Sheikah Tech element, but I think the variation in dungeons was lackluster to keep it simple. Plus, what is with the lack of mini-bosses? These used to be the lifeblood of the series. Normally you fight a mini-boss to get your hands on the item that's kept in the dungeon. And while I feel like I need to end this video soon before it gets into a ranting mess, I really do feel like the mini-bosses should return in the next game. To conclude, the biggest issue that everyone who had played the original games seemed to have with Breath of the Wild was the dungeons and the bosses, and other certain things like item progression at times. But honestly, I think that we have hope. Breath of the Wild 2 has probably been in development for about 3-4 to four years at this point. There's no way that they've only been making an open world in that time, considering how long it took them to make the physics engine right for the original game. I think they're working on some original, greatly themed dungeon design. And job listings from a year ago really do suggest as much, and if all of these improvements come to fruition and the dungeons return to form, then like I said, we really are in for a truly special game that could rival every other Zelda game in existence. But for that we must wait and see my friends. Thank you all so much for watching, if you enjoyed then please do leave a like rating and subscribe, it really helps me out so if you do then thank you. The people who you can see on screen right now are all amazing and Sumji is particularly cool, so if you'd like to join them then you can for as little as £1 a month, just look down in there in the description. I also don't normally promote this but along with my other links I'm also going to be leaving my discord in the description and as a pinned comment. In there we talk a load about Zelda, we have questions each day and I've recently been playing Smash Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, and any other games with viewers such as yourselves, and I'm planning to play loads with you guys in the future, so please join the Discord for all of that. For the last time, I thank you so much for watching this video. I hope people who love the Divine Beast didn't take this one too much to heart. Now thank you for listening to that episode. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. And don't forget to check out my YouTube channel of course, there's loads of Zelda content waiting for you. Just search Triforce Trends. Thank you for listening.